Welcome, my friend, to the I Am Possible podcast. And I love the quote by Audrey Hepburn, nothing is impossible. The world itself says I am possible. So this is episode 10, and I want to just hang out with you for a minute. This is a very different, short and sweet podcast episode. And it's sort of in light of the uncertain times that we're in right now with the coronavirus and just how I know myself, how I'm feeling and how you might be feeling. And so what I'm going to do is I couldn't have worded this better than a recent email that I received from my dear friend, Jason Flatland. If anyone of you don't know who he is, he's a very interesting person. He actually was a Harry Krishna monk for a while, and he went from like a $12 an hour painter, like painting houses, to in the last decade, he's brought in over $100 million of sales online and digital information products for himself, his company, Rapid Crush, and his clients. So He's someone who I look up to and uh, respect a lot. And one of the things I want to read out is just the email that I received from him. And I hope it helps you as I feel it, it's helped me. So here we go. Word for word. This is his email. So from Jason. I'm on a lot of internet marketing lists. Most have sent some sort of email about the coronavirus by now, which I think shows good leadership. I also think a lot of them are missing a big point. Not so long ago, I would have missed this point as well. Entrepreneurs and marketers and salespeople are a strange bunch. They're either overly optimistic by nature or through brute force. Most of us are workaholics. I'm currently in recovery, but once an addict, always an addict, they say. For me, work was one of the few things that made sense in my life and that I could sort of control. I had a very traumatic childhood and I spent the first 15 years of my adulthood trying to avoid working through that trauma. It was just too painful. Yet I discovered trying to pretend you're not feeling something you actually are feeling can be dangerous. Let me repeat that. That's so important. Yet I've discovered trying to pretend you're not feeling something you actually are feeling can be dangerous. Most of us do it as a survival mechanism, but it wasn't until I accepted what I was feeling as being okay did I start to heal. And I got healthier physically, mentally, and spiritually. If the coronavirus has you scared right now, that's okay. It is scary. Like you, I don't feel, I don't like to feel afraid. So what I used to do is try to kick that feeling out and convince myself I wasn't scared. People depend on me, damn it. So who has time to be scared? I'll tell myself. Fear is a weakness. A tiny little voice would whisper in my ear, in my mind. And who wants to feel weak? I've trained myself to be brave, so I shouldn't be afraid, I'd rationalize. Should or not, if I took a few seconds, without judgment, to see how I was actually feeling, well, that's the reality of it. Whether I like it or not, am I scared right now? Sometimes. What we face is unprecedented. What if I'm incapable as a father and husband to protect my family? That is a scary thought. My instinct is still to try to push the fear away. But when I sit with it and just examine it, I realize it's healthy to be scared. I love what Jason says here as well. For me, I feel it's healthier to be scared right now than to not be scared. Upon deeper examination, I realize I can feel scared and still move forward. I can feel afraid, acknowledge it, and still go about my day. And my day is actually better because of it, for I'm not so hard or critical of myself. I can be present 
And when I'm present, I'm at my best, no matter the cocktail of emotions that flow through me. The common sentiment in our digital marketing community is that now is the time to step up. I'm not being critical to my peers who preach this. Here's my two cents. Step up if that is what you feel is the best course of action for you. But if it's not, it's not. Some people are best at leading, others are best at following. If you're a leader in training, but you don't have the skills just yet, now is not the time to take off the training wheels. I see a lot of superficial proactivity preached, which is actually deep down just reactivity of another flavor. We criticize a faceless enemy, social media hysteria and its knee-jerk response, but then we knee-jerk response in the opposite direction. Social media will do what social media does. Be a microcosm of who we are as a whole. Some of it is psychotic, some well-intentioned but misplaced, some used for personal gain and fear-mongering, some inspiring, some harmful, some dividing, some united. I've always felt most comfortable in the teacher role. It's natural to me, and I've spent tens of thousands of hours working at it too. I always felt like a leader as well, because I had to lead at a tragically young age, taking care of those in my life who were supposed to be taking care of me. I'm good in a crisis. So here's my advice. Number one, seek some sense of normalcy. We are creatures of habit. No matter how disruptive the coronavirus has been, try to find a few things each day that are consistent with your life pre-coronavirus. You might want to skip the gym for a workout, but you can go for a hike instead. What routine thing can you do that you find pleasure in? Make sure you're still doing that in a safe way. Number two, acknowledge reality. When we fight reality, we only lose 100% of the time. If you're scared, you're scared. If you don't know what to do, then you don't. That's okay. Work to be the best you that you're capable of being right now. If you want to go deeper on this, I recommend a book called Loving What Is by Byron Katie. It's the best book I've read on dealing with negative emotions. If ever there was a time to practice mindfulness, it's now. I started two years back using the Calm app and doing a breathing exercise for one measly minute. You breathe in for five seconds, hold it for two seconds. Hold for two and breathe out for five seconds. Do that with me right now. Let's do it. I'll do a countdown. Three, two, one. Breathe in for five seconds. Hold it for two. Then breathe out for five seconds. How did that make you feel? More calm, relaxed, right? Start with one minute a day to establish the habit, then build it on over time. You can't just one day decide to be responsive instead of reactive. It's a muscle you have to build up, and a little bit goes a long way. The fourth point from Jason is I just love as well, exercise. My friend Joe Polish says, the issues are in the tissues. Sometimes the built-up, pent-up, negative emotional energy just needs to be released by doing something physical. I like yoga. You can do yoga from home for free with the power of YouTube. If that's too much, go for a short, brisk walk. As I type this, I hear my daughter in the other room practicing ballet. Her classes and upcoming competitions have been canceled. So to compensate, the studio has them doing dance bingo from home. A sense of normalcy, deep breathing, physical exercise. Bingo. All right. Number five, talk to a therapist. I do anywhere between one to three hours of therapy a week, depending how I'm feeling in my schedule. Even though I've become more conscious of my emotions, sometimes it's still hard to read the label when you're in the jar. 
By speaking my feelings out loud to a neutral, non-judgmental professional, I uncover emotional blocks and negative thought patterns that, once realized, are easy to let go of. It's hard for us to proofread our own writing, and processing our emotions on our own is much harder. Examine your information diet. If you normally eat healthy, this is number six, the sixth uh, suggestion from Jason. Examine your information diet. If you normally eat healthy, then one day you switch to full-on junk food, you'll feel sick to your stomach, literally. If you didn't consume massive amounts of news and now you find yourself doing so, examine how that makes you feel. If it helps you, keep it up. But if it's hurting you, cut back. Listen, I love this piece of advice from Jason because this is exactly what happened to me last week. And so now I've cut back. So further, Jason mentions, if you're substituting the information that helps you grow intellectually with fast food information, you'll feel out of sorts. It's smart to stay informed, but not at the expense of growth-minded, spiritually fulfilling knowledge. Does this serve me? Is a great question to get in the habit of asking as you consume and participate in this global coronavirus conversation. Number seven, the seventh tip from Jason. It's almost never black and white. Things are neither as bad or as good as they first appear. The world isn't likely to end, but nor is nothing wrong. You don't need to be a hermit, but it's probably not smart to continue business as usual. Life is far from nuanced and subtle. Then we tend to give it credit for. I've learned to appreciate the variety of this condition called life and work hard to avoid this or that thinking as if, as I find it doesn't serve me too well. Lastly, the thought I return to when everything seems overwhelming, what's a simple thing I can do as a husband and a father that will help my family and help me? Jason further says, we played Uno last night and had a blast. My wife's yoga studio tried out a live streaming option using Zoom. I took great pleasure in helping set it up and navigate through those technical complexities that I can perform in my sleep. I took my German shepherds on a long hike to clear my head, get fresh and connect with nature. I keep wanting to fix the world's problems, but when I do that, I get stressed out. When I focus on just being there for my immediate family, I feel best. And maybe that is the secret to fixing the world's problem. Jason, food for thought, gladly. I just love this, and I hope this brought value to you. I'll end this with a few things here. I love you. I love me. I love us. And if you resonate with this podcast, do me a favor by letting me know via review on iTunes. I went on a limb here by talking about something other than just marketing on this podcast, and and it helps me to know if this type of messaging is what you really want to hear. So um, if, if you like this, go ahead and let me know, you know, leave a review on iTunes for me because that's the best type of feedback that will help me move forward with this, this type of messaging. And I just want to protect my positivity and protect your positivity, right? So I wish you love and light. And if this helps you, I'd like to share a part of my morning routine that helps me stay positive. Number one, I write down three to five things I'm grateful for. Number two, I do five minutes of meditation and visualize myself and family as abundantly wealthy and happy. And number three, right now in these uncertain times, for me, every morning, I repeat three concepts or mantras to myself. The first one is from Og Mandino. He's the best-selling author of The Greatest Salesman in the World. And it's really a wonderful book about just believing in yourself and the world and love and what, what quote that I love best in the book is this. I am nature's greatest miracle. I am not on this earth by chance. I'm here for a purpose. And that purpose is to grow into a mountain, not to shrink to a grain of sand. My number, the second mantra that I say and repeat to myself in the morning, I will find creative breakthroughs outside what everyone else is doing to any given business, not inside it. And number three, 
For myself and my clients, I will stay relentlessly focused on the obstacle to and the source of all wealth, attraction of customers. Not only are these mantras of, of, of mine that I use kind of help me each morning, I sometimes, when I need a double dip down on it, I resort back to it in the afternoon or in the evening more than just one time a day. So I just wish you love and light. I love you. I love us. I love me. And look forward to seeing you on the next podcast episode. Maria signing off.